Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. Hey, I'm Victor Rubio. And I'm Natalie Robert Willis. Episode 2 of Season 4 of Six Feet Under, titled In Case of Rapture. Uh, Natalie, if you want to give out your Instagram name and your Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't even look at me seriously with my Snapchat, but I am licious. Uh, Nat, Natalicious at Snapchat and Nat Loves Duncan, D-U-N-K-I. That's for my dog, Duncan Donut, on Instagram. You forgot an N after. You said D-U-N-K-I. And D-U-N-K-I. It's, it's been a long time. Have you gotten a lot of Snapchat? Uh, actually, no. But there is a super, super cool guy. So I'm just going to give a shout out to him on our Instagram who was kind enough. He lives in Seattle and he sent me a really Oh, cool, you told me yeah, about that. It's really awesome of him it. to just take the minute to do that. I didn't, because I don't want to screenshot it and be like, why are you screenshotting? Uh, do you because that's, his name? That, you know, that's a bad thing. His name is Adam. Adam, if you could please email that in and take another picture, that would be really cool. I love filming locations. Uh, part of moving down here, uh, uh, I watched the show Dexter. I like the first few episodes of season one, they shot down here. And it's just really cool getting to see that part of Miami, like where they shot. And then it just like moved to California. I've like, one of my dreams is to go to California and go see the, the Six Feet Under house. Which, didn't you, what's that show, HBO show? It's not girls. What's the one with like, man, is it Insecure? I never saw that show. Is that a show on HBO? Yeah. Because in one of the episodes, they have like they, they someone throws like a house party in the six feet under house. Oh, that's super cool. Because uh, you notice, uh, what was I watching last night? Curb. And by the way, I've started watching that show. Good show. What what episodes you watch? I'm on season one. I'm on episode four right now. Wow. See, it, it, it's the same thing like six feet under. Like those first, even the first season is funny, but it's just like if you fast forward to today, what everyone yeah. looks like, whatever. Yeah. Um, Wow, I just, seven different things came into my head. Okay, one, uh, what I didn't do in the prior episode uh, is we have a new intro. Mm-hmm. And my It's girl, a good intro. Right. And it's by the beautiful, <laughs> angelic voice, Marissa. Well, I was going to introduce her, oh, but sorry. thank you. <laughs> I love you, Marissa. Uh, Mar- love, love, love. <laughs> Marissa's my girlfriend. And, and, when and she we- is the best in the world. <laughs> She's gorgeous, folks. Gorgeous. And when when we were we were gonna switch up the format and have you full time, um, we needed to record re-record the intro to include Natalie, and we figured why not introduce her. And she's told me that she has been told that she sounds like the mother from Bobby's World. You remember that cartoon? No. Okay, little they said little she older, sounds like oh, her. I'm older than you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what was the other voice that? People said she sounded like well, whatever. The so, angels, yes, angels, <laughs> uh, a mixture in for, of Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> so, just wanted to thank her for that intro, intro and outro. Um, and yeah. I would like to thank you too, beautiful, sweet Marissa. <laughs> okay. Um, so that being said, I she guess, also sounds like Whitney Houston. <laughs> she has the voice of Whitney Houston, folks. Well, way, way to bring inside jokes into the podcast that no one will understand. Um, I guess we could get into today's episode uh, in case of rapture. Do you know what that's from? 
They're rapturing when it's in the Bible. Uh-huh. But what is it? Bible fact. Uh, it's when the horn blows and everybody is raised up. <clears throat> the end of the world. Mm. It's the end of the world. Interesting. Because I, I, I'm not sure what I thought it was in my own head. But anyway, this episode's titled In Case of Rapture. Um, the Death Capsule. We have Dorothy Sheedy. Um <laughs> Poor Dorothy. <laughs> oh, okay. I have in my notes here, Natalicious dash porn name. Because our... <laughs> and, you know, if I could go back on careers, I'm considering that industry. I think it'd actually be fabulous. You're just using the podcast to break into the porn industry. <laughs> Anybody out there that is in that industry, I'm totally kidding. Yeah, email me. Not <laughs> <laughs> email Victor, not me. <laughs> uh, thankfully, my girlfriend doesn't listen to this. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking, uh, what a great porn name Natalicious would be, because this, this death capsule starts out in a, a porn warehouse of sorts. And you know what got me thinking, too? Talk about how dated the show is. Um, we, I think we've had this discussion once, uh, how the porn industry, like, it's a totally different time. This can't still be like this, No. People are, well, no, you still Blow have those, dolls like yeah, that. because they're inexpensive, but they have now evolved to where you can get like a um, latex human-like doll, right. a specialty one made from Japan. And it's like literally, ha- and I think they even talk to you oh my now. God. Yeah. It's like really amazing. But how funny are these like blow up dolls? And it's, what's really funny is we have it paused on like just the opening scene and it's, <laughs> it's just really weird and funny. I never got the whole blow up thing, but it's a thing, right? Because I mean, yeah, I think I think that if they looked at the people that were purchasing blow up dolls, ninety five percent of them are people that do it for like parties and as jokes. Right. right. But I uh, obviously there are people that use it for uh, sexual pleasure. I just don't know how that satisfies someone. I'm very confused by it, and that is the end of that. Yeah, it's um. And I like that they float them up with helium, but they're getting these, they're getting all of these dolls ready for the AVN awards. Mm-hmm. And what we, and have, that's uh-huh. still like VHS time. Now all we yeah, have to do is just really hit funny. Pornhub and we're good. This is the, um, this is the, I guess the start of the DVDs, right? Yeah. Is, I bet you there's a, yeah. Cause look how thick the tapes are. Or watch, we have it on in the background as we always do. Um, but these two guys are getting, um, uh, what a great misdirect, right? Yes. Because it's like, oh my God. I thought they were going to die from helium. Some, yeah, just anything. And then even like they almost hit someone. Right. And you're just like, oh my God. Very genius. Uh, when I was watching this show with my girlfriend Marissa, she, after we finished watching, she was like, there were so many ironic things that happened in this episode. And just right here to start, um, you have all like these, these sex dolls that what essentially happens is the net that's keeping them all in unravels. They go into the air and then... Could I call her a Bible freak? Or have I, to... I sh- you shouldn't call her a Bible okay. freak. What she, can I call her? She's a very uh, overly top religious, religious person. Fanatic? Mm-hmm. Religious fanatic. I break for the rapture is her bumper sticker. And yeah. she sees... We, we see the, the sex dolls, blow-up dolls, all go into the air. And she sees them as angels. Yes. Which right there is kind of like funny six feet under humor. Yes. Where <laughs> they are sex dolls, but she sees them. And she gets... You know... The amount of force that the sound gives us that she gets hit by mm-hmm. does not equal to what we end up seeing her in the prep room with. Yes, I agree. It's just because well, she, she does has, like, has a little th- cut on her chin. N- no, she has facial trauma. She they were doing they it, were doing I'm the t- basket weave stitch so that they could do uh, the deep wound filler wax. But I'm saying that the amount of impact she got hit by, she would be. Mushed. P- yeah. Well, no, she would have. She definitely blunt force trauma. 
Um, more than more than what we saw for sure. Yeah, but her lower extremities, I don't nothing right. that the public would have seen. Uh, this episode starts out with we see Nate feeding Maya, and it, it doesn't get discussed here, but a little bit uh, later on, did you notice the time jump? No. Oh, really? Well, they did say that Lisa had been gone for a while, and I, I didn't pick up on how long it had been. Uh, was it four months? It was two months. Two months. remember Joe and Brenda are, to- are talking, and Brenda's like, oh, 90 days, 90 days. Got it, got and it. And she's yeah. like, it's been 67 yeah, or 66 yeah. or whatever. Right. So, um, you know, because I kind of was like, yo, Nate is so... <laughs> uh, for everything Nate goes through in this episode, I was like, he's rather well for the day after the funeral and whatever, but yeah, there's it's, been, been some time. it's been two months. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> what with this opening scene is basically the the new table and and is which this, is a fabulous table. I am going to give him that. And everyone asks, is this Persian? <laughs> <laughs> um, the table and just sort of everyone kind of how it doesn't fit. Uh, symbolism for George is the, um, the geology, tab- right? Well, no, no. I'm saying it's just everyone being like. I am not really okay with this new table. What was wrong with the old table and everything? It's George um, moving in yeah, and changing things table up. Being um, George and okay, our thing just skipped. That's good. <laughs> Somebody I, needs a better DVD player, <laughs> dude. You can do this on HBO Go. If you, uh, my internet wasn't connected for what I mean. Uh, I had to. Somebody needs the to pay their bill. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, uh, and again, sort of everything that happens in this this episode with the irony, because Claire here, you know, Ruth's like, oh, maybe you could take a picture of this of George's rocks. <laughs> and Claire's like, well, do I need to be inspired? And then we see <laughs> later on, she clearly does need to be inspired. We'll get to it. And she gets inspired. Right. Um, you know, Arthur, our, back to the table, because Arthur even has a line, you know, this table is Persian, but I don't think it works in this kitchen. <laughs> Listen, know? when I watched this episode, I just kept thinking that Arthur is the perfect character for an intern and uh i just i love him that's how i just i love how creepy yeah he is and uh and passive he's majorly passive aggressive let's you know i i remember when i did the episode with megan rooney i i was telling her like i imagine how most this is how most people see funeral directors not like david and nate but more like arthur Arthur. just quirky and, and weird and socially awkward um she was like, no, I never, I would, I would picture a funeral director more like David, whatnot. But uh, to, to, to speak on that, yeah, Arthur is so interested and he's always, he really is mm-hmm. willing to learn. Mm-hmm. He truly is. <laughs> right. And he's introverted too, though. Yeah. Like he can't pick up on any type of social, but it's, but when it comes to the industry, he does pick up on it. Because I mean, they, they've shown him at times in with families and he's, while as, as socially everything weird as he is, he's... From what they give us on the show, he is great with families because mm-hmm. he's very caring and nurturing. Yes. You know, um, he's very serious about what he's doing. Right. And then we see that Arthur, uh, they have a discussion about what what Formica is, and George sort of totally lies and makes shit up to mm-hmm. to make Arthur look like an ass. And uh, Arthur starts labeling his food. <laughs> and I, I don't blame funny. him. Have you ever lived with a roommate and they eat your food wow, that you, you spent know, your hard earned money on? You know, it's not cool. Well, uh, you know what's funny about that? Uh, in mortuary school, we had lived one, two, three, five of us lived in a f- above a funeral home, um, and we had to start because one one person, you know, you just find like half of your like package of sausages gone. It's like, what the fuck? And it's like, ah, oh, that's the worst. I won't name any names, but mm-hmm. there is somebody in the United States that completely owes me a new box of Dove chocolate ice cream bars. Who? I will not tell you. 
When you, I, I've had roommates in my past. They took them all oh, from me and didn't like, replace it. I thought you were like referring to me. <laughs> Why would I know? Well, like, do you think we could be roommates? Name, <laughs> name them. Do they listen to the podcast? No, I'm not naming them. This is back when I lived in Atlanta the first time. Do they listen to the podcast? I'm, I don't, I don't even know if this person exists anymore. Okay. Yeah, well. it was, it was, it was pretty bad. RIP in peace to that person. Still angry. <laughs> still angry. Uh, <laughs> 15 years later, I'm still angry. If anyone wants to send in uh, three ninety nine to buy Natalie, <laughs> yo, money's tight three ninety nine, and I wasn't that rich. And well, I'm not rich now, but I wasn't making a lot of money. As you sit on your golden podcast, chair. oh yeah, the comfortable wicker chair that I don't get a cushion for. And then, by the way, Natalie did request for a pink microphone. So if anyone wants to send that in too, uh, in the arrangements for Dorothy, um, the son. Did you watch Dexter? No. Oh, but I rec I that that kid looked familiar. Well, he was from an episode in Dexter, uh-huh. and it's just kind of funny. There's a few times there's, uh, just because to see what Michael C. Hall is in this show and mm-hmm. what he is into Dexter, fucking night and day. Yeah, and that kid was like one of a character in, in the show for an episode, and here sort of starts the storyline about like Nate's. How, what would you describe what's happening to Nate in this episode? I, I kind of have down that he was passing along grief, but sort of to stick that idea with irony, like he's telling the father, the the husband of Dorothy to like how he needs to grieve. And clearly Nate is not, I don't know what stage did you say he's at? He's not in denial because he's clearly like my wife is gone. I think he's in acceptance right now, but he's like on an extreme verge of acceptance. I think he's definitely projecting his grief onto this, this man. He doesn't think, this is it, it just it was uh and i know that i'm not supposed to be too much management natalie on this uh podcast but it was it was so gross to see him talking to that gentleman like that and saying how he should be doing this and the kid needs to grieve and it's not our place man yeah i'm always uncomfortable when i hear it just we telling someone we are paraprofessionals and you learn that when you're in when you do psychology of funeral services and people and this is my experience people will look at me and ask me for guidance unfortunately I will guide you through a funeral I will guide you through some things that you can do and I will help you find aftercare but I am not a psychologist nor a um a psychiatrist or a social worker I cannot give you and I will not give you that guidance it's it's not I'm not trained for that. When I, when I first started, I remember a funeral director I was working with said, you know, as funeral directors, we're three things. We're a, what you, it was a priest, a therapist, a, th- a, a priest, a therapist, and a funeral director. Mm-hmm. Like we're, and I was, I was always like, I get the priest part because sometimes we'll lead prayers, which I, which we have no power to do. So we're just leading yeah. just because that's what we do. And obviously we're a funeral director, but I never, I never got the therapist part. I think a lot of people think, we like are really coaching families and we're helping them. We're yeah. helping them with the process, mm-hmm. but we're not telling them what to do when they get home. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get too far into it, but uh, the part that always bo- not bothers me uh, is hard to deal with sometimes is they go through the funeral and you're so busy. People don't know. I think people truly underestimate how tiring a funeral is on both sides from us, the funeral director and the family. Because that, that's like, you know, you're going through an event after everything is done when they get home. It's like, fuck. Now you have to deal with it. You know, before you were kind of been taken, you know, you had to do the funeral. All your family and friends were there. And afterwards, it's like, oh, my God. You know, you come home. You're used to coming home and that person always being there or wherever and gone, you know. Yeah. Um, to get back to the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband's totally okay with it. 
Yeah. And it's sort of based on religion. Based upon his religion that he knows that she's in a place that he agrees with and was brought up to believe in. And he doesn't need Nate telling him how he should and should not grieve. And it is absolutely uncalled for for Nate to be doing that. What gets me... Um, the most is that both Rico and David and even Ruth are fully aware that he's not in his right mind right. and to continue to allow him and expose him to families is really piss poor uh, management. And it's funny. It happens up until the point that Nate's like, screw this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Like, Nate was someone else called, should have been like, yeah, Hey, that should have been done a long time ago. Right. Or just stay down here. You know, when or, he was screaming at that guy right, to get right. out, that's, that's, that's your red flag. Uh, and again, just sort of, there's, you know, it, it's until she pointed it out to me of how much irony there is in this episode. Cause you know, Nate's telling him like, don't you want to know what happened? Like why she walked out and why she got hit by a car? And he's like, no, I'm okay with it. And he has no idea what happened to Lisa. All we know that is you drowned it mm-hmm. and just clearly, you know, yeah, he's and, definitely projecting his grief onto that man. Yeah. And he's kind of, I mean, the guy doesn't, the, as much as Nate talks to him and everything, it's not like the guy is like, oh my God, Nate, you're right. I need to grieve more. He's just kind of like, no, I'm fine. You know, the um, guy handled it very well. Imagine that guy was weak. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Sorry. That's the wrong word. Imagine that guy. Imagine Nate talked that guy into uh, a false grief. I don't know. He seems really okay with it. And that's, that's a, I, I could only imagine hoping to get to a point in my life where if my significant other dies, I'm that at peace with it that that was her time and you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just it feels so icky. <laughs> Nate, yeah. Nate trying to be like he's almost like cry damn it cry. Yeah you know? I know but see on the flip side had that been a, a somebody that wasn't as calm as that gentleman and would have lashed out on Nate. Yeah. Oof. And it's funny because when, when they go into the prep room Nate's like you know how you know he's just talking whatever and he's like man that guy's so checked out. It's, it's like, like no Nate you're, you're, you're checked, checked out. out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, just so much irony on what's going on. Um in in Nate's dream, Dorothy comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy. Uh, she's reading the twenty third Psalm while they're having sex, right? Because she's going. Um, I forget how it starts. I just know it when I hear it. Even though I walk through the shadow of death, that's a twenty third Psalm. No. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not fear. Go on. He lead me by the green pastures. It's not the Lord is my shepherd. I mean. Uh, the Lord, my, the, no, the Lord what's, is my no. The Lord is my The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or shall not fear. In some versions, He leadeth me in green pastures. Um, he there's something else. My cup runneth over. Yea, though I walk through the oh, valley okay. of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy staff and Thy rod. <laughs> you can tell I printed that prayer a few times. And we're back at, <laughs> Bi- at Bible Talk on WDSFU. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you. So Nate's having sex with Dorothy in this dream. Um, just cause I mean, his head's all over the place. Does this count to his count of how many women he's had sex oh, with gosh. since Lisa died? Oh, this would make man. number five, I believe. Wow. That one is, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll carry on with, with the rest of that. Uh, I guess when we get to, to the visitation for her, uh, you want to start with Ruth and George or Claire? You I'll start. Let you pick. Goosebumps. No, okay. Goosebumps. Pick your uh, goosebumps. Goosebumps. Pick your <laughs> pick your story. I th- I love goosebumps. I think that we should start with George, uh, because he's boring and I'm over it. So let's just get over yeah, with let's it. Yeah, right. Um, he kind of really is putting his stamp in the house with the table, and you know this whole thing of I guess how the episode ends. Right. Um, do you do you think? Ruth told him what happened between him and Arthur, her and Arthur. No. 
So why do you think he's so passive? I think he's so... I think he's just threatened. Maybe he picks up on the chemistry there. Maybe he picks up on the awkwardness. But no, I don't think Ruth said anything. I re- and it's another man living in the house upstairs with her. I read... I was reading uh, the the Six Feet Under review on uh, AV Club by John Teddy. And someone <laughs> someone commented uh, that uh, the way Ruth says interesting to whatever George says. It's just kind of like when someone's like, yeah, there's this new exhibit of uh, this Ukrainian silent film. And you're like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. No, you'll never... <laughs> you don't even know what they just said, you know? Yeah, it um, feels like our conversations. Yeah, it's like when I say interesting to you all the time. All the time. <laughs> interesting. I'll interesting. look into that. That's great, Natalie. <laughs> Uh, Arthur, uh, excuse me, Arthur, to prove George wrong, looks up in a dictionary, the word formica. Maybe it was an encyclopedia. I think it was an encyclopedia. Today, we would have been like, uh, let me just yeah, Google yeah, that like, real quick. Yeah, yeah, like, hold on, and you'd be like, <laughs> hey, Siri, that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Siri, what's formica? Uh, I think that's just a It funny. bothered him so. It's yeah. because he but knew why, he was right. But it would be like if someone was like, uh, so maybe maybe Arthur has an issue with George because maybe he still has the hots for Ruth. Oh, I think he definitely does because even on their wedding night he was all all disturbed about it. Um, but if anyone, and and shit, I can't let shit go more than anyone. If someone was like, I don't know, they I don't know said something completely wrong to the point where I was like, oh maybe they're right, and I looked it up and be like, yo fuck that. Yeah, you, know? you do that. <laughs> you do do that. Uh, I noticed later in the episode, um, Ruth is has all of a sudden really quickly reverted back to the quote unquote old Ruth. She has her hair. What do you call that when you have like the big, big like thing in your front? The of your bump, hair? The, the bump, bump in the bun. She just looked like she was back to nineteen sixties. It's Ruth. very classic. But that's what I mean. She wasn't classic prior, like you know, up when yeah. she met, met George and everything, and. You know, she's like trimming his ear hair. Like that's such like a. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's such like a. And he poses a great question, which I, I meant to look up. Why do you, as you get older, you get all these weird hair in weird places? And they turn gray. Why? Why do we get ear hair? I don't know, there's but no, it's like the grossest thing in the world. There's oh my god! No bigger toenails. sign of getting Ugh. old than ear, ear hair, hair. Okay. and nostril hair and nostril hair. And then too. you guys get these because y'all don't take care of your brows and then they're crazy. Come on, folks. So we should we should all have uni brows like Justin Thoreau. God, I love him. <laughs> Justin, send me some dove bars. Uh, all right. Goosebumps. Uh, pick Goosebumps. your adventure. <laughs> Go to Claire, Claire or Keith and David. OK, let's just get over with Keith and David because I'm tired of them, too. Um, they're boring so- <laughs> me. They are so boring me. Keith is. I don't know. I I I found I found Keith's um little progression, his new job in this episode. Uh, He's very excited about his new job as well. He should be good I mean, for him. I loved how like shy and timid he was. Yeah. You don't see that from Keith. Never. He's very. He's that big strong here, cop. Yeah. Because I mean, even the way at the end, he like, and it's such a sign of like, oh look at me, I'm clumsy, I'm goofy. He spills the water bottle. Yeah. And this. Yeah. Oh shit. Um. When he shows up to his first day of work, well, I'm sorry. When he's le- getting ready at work at his house with David, um, do you remember what David calls him? No. What does he call him? All that. And a bag of chips. Right. That's what this saying usually is. Well, oh, wait. No, I did because I said, where did that come? And I feel like it's come? the most David thing to say. All that. What did he say? All that and a bag of cookies. <laughs> okay. I'm going to David. That's such like a, I don't, I don't know. Uh. Um <laughs> But this, this, if you remember, this sort of kicks off a big storyline for what Keith's doing 
Um, yes. Would they have this like pop singer, but really leads to this other. Yeah. The yeah. big, the big thing Now mm-hmm. that when that happens, then I'll be interested in talking some more about it. Uh, but you know, he's excited, you know, he looked good in his suit. David called him handsome, all that in a bag of cookies. <laughs> and you know, he's like, you can go out and buy three suits now at your salary of $25 mm-hmm. an hour. It just, you know, he's excited and they're going to buy a house and a jacuzzi and a pool. They're going to get all of that in a bag of cookies. When David mentions uh, that, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I hope, you, uh, I hope you're doing security today for Denzel Washington oh, or God. Russell Crowe oh, or Denzel, Denzel Washington, Washington and Russell, Russell Crowe. Uh, that's, he's, he's three years ahead of it, but that's one of my favorite movies, the two of them. Which American one? Gangster. Oh, Russell I can't Crow even believe. Denzel. You know what? Today My I have man. failed the best friend test. You, you love American Gangster. I know. I love Denzel Washington, one of the greatest actors in the universe. Uh, when when later when Keith brings these uh, diamonds for um, Cameron Diaz CD. Yeah. When I say MJ, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Go. Michael Go. Jackson. Oh, see, it's that's funny. Michael Jordan comes to me. I would have never in a million years got to Mick Jagger. Remember yeah, what they say? No. I would have never got to well, that. Well, Mick Jagger's not but our what thing. what was funny about that, though, is there was the two black guys, and they did Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. The white guy came in and was like, Mick Jagger. And no motherfucker says Mick Jagger when they think of MJ. No. <laughs> like, no. you know, I bet you there's another one before I got to Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the three security guards there, they're, they're at this. That was so funny when he rolled up, and they're, they're like mid and black. <laughs> and they're like, you got your sunglasses? Yeah, your shades, yeah. And they so dissed him. <laughs> They're, they wouldn't even look at him. Right. <laughs> but he didn't go get him. I thought no. he was going to walk out to the car and get yeah. him. Like, yeah, go get him. But I mean, uh, um, you know, here too, just kind of how, again, if you want to call it irony, or maybe I'm just kind of shoehorning all of it in, Keith is now trying to fit in when he never usually does. Oh, I know. Because he's like, you know, there's like, yeah, I tapped that ass and this and that. And Keith's like, I tapped that So uncomfortable. <laughs> so, he's had like a virgin. <laughs> It's just so I yeah. would take that out of a date. You know I, I, I did remind that of a forty-year-old virgin when he's yeah. like, it was like a wet bag of sand. Me like, so horny. <laughs> um, you know, we're skipping we're skipping some parts, but you know what, what we see eventually happening is uh, uh, um, Nate leaves and just all this agitation towards David because uh, both. So when we say Nate leaves, Nate resigned. Sorry so everybody that. knows. Every he, Nate resigned, right? And, we're, we're, and we're, then just dumped the workload onto David and Rico. And what makes it worse is the sink backing up. Wait, no. Oh, what makes it plumbing. worse is then Rico, Rico leaves, leaves in the middle of a right. service with craziness going on. Right. And then, of course, everything breaks loose. Um, and it leaves one part. There's no. There is no other staff. I mean, they have Arthur, but I've never seen him like participate ever and in serve in services yeah. or anything. But this is what I'm trying to say to the idea of the of like while this portrays a funeral home for the most part. Well, where's like your staff? Where, where, where's your where's your paper? Where's your office person? Where's your secretary that works nine to five? Where's Maybe your not senior secretary. citizen that volunteers and opens the there's doors for you? That, they don't you know? have that. Um, you essentially are. You have three funeral directors working a funeral home. Who's cleaning the bathrooms and all that? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have... Well, it's whatever. a family-owned business, I'm assuming they are, but they right. don't They don't even have, like, the door greeter. They don't yeah. have, like... They don't... I, I mean, they, they have no no help. Well, while taking into account it is a TV <laughs> show, so, you know. Yeah. Um, 
when the drain backs up, have you ever had that happen to you like that? No. And I tell you when, when Claire was upstairs and they showed that, I thought it was like a dream sequence or something. Right, yeah. And then when they went downstairs, my heart stopped and I passed out <laughs> in my house and woke up because I never, ever, ever want that to happen. We had, I had it happen at a funeral home once. It wasn't as massive as that. Oh, and it was like, there was a direct connection from the, the slop sink to the drain right in the middle of the floor. Um, I loved when Claire <laughs> grabs her camera. camera. She's like, oh my God, it's like the fucking shining. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was really and then David's screaming at her, stop it. Cause this is, you know, it's our business. <laughs> and then she's like, but don't you want insurance pictures? And he said, okay, All take right, a few. Fine. I love, I love, I love when, when David has to like let his guard down yeah. and be like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, fine. But now Claire is inspired, but I've, but we skipped over. We're going to get back okay. to Claire. Cause okay. I kind of, I try to keep it within, my bad, contained within storylines. Goosebumps, pick your adventure. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, when when the plumber the plumber guy shows up and he's yes. going over with David. First, uh, David sitting on the embalming table. Gross. So gross. So gross. And it's not even has like a sheet even if or it's a towel clean. Down. So gross. But like at least I, yeah, that's just something that they totally skipped over. Um, but what's more gross, the plumber? What word are you comfortable with me saying for <sighs> what he does to David? Uh, fellatio. <laughs> I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Um, I can't believe I remembered that word. Okay, so <laughs> what's more gross? Grosser? More gross. David sitting on the table or the plumber giving fellatio to David in the embalming room? <laughs> equally equally as gross. That is so gross. It's, it's, so, uh, it's gross. so nasty. Uh, uh, if, if I could, again, just try to shoehorn this irony in. David's complaining that no one cares about the family business. And here's David doing... Imagine this ever got out. That David was getting fellatio in the embalming room. Imagine if your intern walks in and yeah. sees that happening. Or Claire walks First in. All, or Ruth <laughs> walks in. How about just... Or a family member gets lost and walks in. Yeah. That's crazy. That's just nasty. And for David to do it... I Like, he, uh, Nate, I wouldn't be that shocked. Rico, I wouldn't be that shocked. David's like... He's always the one. Because that's sort of like David's... Um, um, cross that he bears is he always has to be the family he's the martyr yeah he's always got to be like don't do that he always has to be like the fun killer yeah and for him to do that it's like whoa you know Mm -hmm. which i while i say there was agitation building up it was just kind of in that scene because he was kind of happy with keith getting a new job and everything and just i don't know just that kind of build up in one scene but uh when he tells keith later on I, I didn't know they had an open relationship. I didn't know they had one either. I just thought, okay, so now they have an open relationship. Cool. Like it wasn't even cool. discussed or anything. I feel like there was like a scene missing. Um, but there, I, I don't know that they had an open relationship prior to that until when he said that. And then Keith, if you remember, he stopped for a second, processed what happened and then handled it. Well, you, no, but you know what, what, what you're right in what you're saying, but how it goes is, David goes, you know, I got fellatio today from a plumber. And Keith's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, it wasn't even like, oh, how dare you? How anything? It was just like, liar. Shut up, liar. Like, Nobody's you know? going to hit that. How funny is that? <laughs> Nobody's going to tap that. But even then, and David's like, you know, Keith's like, well, fine. We're still having sex tonight. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, you're going to have to, you know, whatever. Uh, if I could compare and slash contrast the two, if you look at what has happened to Rico's life, which... 
you know, we could sort of move into that storyline. What happens to Rico life when he got fellatio? Mm-hmm. I don't see what turns see upside down. On. Yeah. As, and look at David, it's like handled within 10 seconds and whether that's a good it's actually, marriage, it arouses good, Keith. It's a, it's, yeah. it's like, um, it definitely brings something more to the bedroom. That's funny how just like the two totally change, but I would also say Rico is a lot more traditional. He believes, you know, he, I think he's just, he's just now accepting of everything. David, Dave, the fact that David's gay, you know, um, so I could just see, I mean, just you saw everything in the prior episode, they had to go to confession and whatever, and how much, how much little that did to him. Um, could I say, not remembering what happens in the next few episodes, I feel like this is them at their height of their happiness. The way you they think were so? Just, the way they were just sitting on the couch. Yeah. I mean. And just randomly talking about, well, not randomly, but just addressing yeah. David's encounter. And again, he laughed at him when he said, I got fellatio today. He yeah. laughed at him. Yeah. It wasn't like, how dare you? I thought we're trying to work on this, you know? I yeah. don't know. Well, brought something to the bedroom. <laughs> Excited it. You know what I always say. Well, go ahead. What do you always say? <laughs> no, nope, come on. Make it up. Sometimes open relationships aren't a bad idea for go. some people. <laughs> not saying me. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess to, to move to, to Rico, Vanessa, and now I guess Sophia's storyline. Um, Rico brings some diapers. Sophia is hustling. Got to respect her for it. Got to respect her for it. She's hustling. She saw she saw him and is taking advantage of it. You she know, knows. She, you know how I know exactly she what she's doing because she made him put the DVD in and then she wouldn't change and she knew he was in sight of it. That's well, how I know. I, I love how, you know, he he brings it, and we have the scene on right now. He he brings the diapers in, and and you know she's like, oh, I'm so happy you're here and everything. And Rico's just like, I'm married. And look, it's happening as I speak. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I can't be doing. It. She's like, oh my god, I, can you hook up the DVD player? She knows. Just to- yeah, totally. She knows. That was like a slick move. Here's by her. a little insert that I wrote in my mental notes. Do you remember that argument that we got into uh, a couple of episodes that I was on a while ago? Can I stop you right there? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wanted to bring up Jillian, which I meant to bring up in the beginning of the episode. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just... No, because now I've lost the moment. Damn it. No, no. Come on. It's ruining that, that one. Nope. Where, where were you going to go I'll with? bring it back. Let's go to Jillian. Just remember it. Of course I will. Uh, so the prior episode, uh, um, Natalicious had... <laughs> I'm just saying here because Jillian wrote for Natalicious. Um, the fact that you took an issue with her calling the the woman in epi- the season finale of season three a skank. And you just said how there was nothing. Just state your case really quick. I just said it was irresponsible parenting. It wasn't her being a skank. Right. So I told Jillian to look out for it because it was, you know, we had addressed that issue. And she wrote in. And the, the email's titled, For Natalicious. And she says, can you pass this on to Natalicious for me, either offline or next week episode as you prefer? So number one was... Don't you dare ever... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just so your face dropped. No, no, look, look, I'm going to show you. Number one, I love you too with three hearts, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Jillian. I'm Sweet Jillian. To, I'm just trying to pour fuel on the fire. <laughs> Instigator, God. Uh, her response to you is, I couldn't agree more on your comments about Skeezy Chick. Totally didn't mean to give the impression that I was judging her for picking up Nate. I wouldn't. Instead, I was referring to how this show was positioning her. As Victor said, they were obviously painting her in a sleazy light, and as you said, she obviously made at least one very crap parenting decision. But otherwise, yeah, totally with you. No issues with the general idea of bar pickups, regardless of gender presentation. Number three, C number one. Number one, I love you too. Oh, 
Jillian, you're so sweet. Um, no, I, I know she didn't. I just take it. It has nothing. It, it was just like a buildup of everything that's going on right yeah. now. Like I'm very, I, I'm just all very sensitive about women being labeled like that. Yeah. And right now, am, well, and I don't even like the title of, of what Amber Rose presents, but I know why she's, why she does it. And it does get attention with that name. The Amber Rose slut walk, which brings attention to listen, guys aren't cool and women are sluts because of this and that. And that was right. only my point with that. And, Thank you, Jillian. You're so sweet. What were you going to say? You started the story and I knew you, I know you're going to forget it. I have not forgotten it. Go Thank ahead. you. That is uh, on my mind as we speak right now. No, no. I was going to tell you, we got into this argument a few, a few episodes ago where I said, um, you, you know, I don't agree with the fact that they have to call each other about spending over a hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, in that year, how much do you think that DVD player was? And look at all this money that he's spending on her. Is he picking up the phone and calling her? Right. So he's allowed to do it, but she wasn't allowed to do it. It's wrong. And how is she not seeing this on the bank statements yet? Right, right. And fair enough. Um, but it's interesting how now it's an issue that Rico did it. Vanessa did it. No, 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 no. It wasn't. An, it, I did not find it to be an issue. You were when totally Vanessa fine with it. Vanessa doing it. That's right. And you said to me, oh, come on, come on. And I said, whatever. But now Rico's doing it. And, you know, he was the one that threw the fit over her spending $100. Correct. And he's spending all this money on his mistress. Correct. And here's the thing. It's if you set up a rule, right? It's kind of like. We're going to have this fight again. We are. <laughs> it's kind of the rule of like horror movies. You're going to set up. The construct. You're gonna tell me that. Uh, all right, let's take like Trent. Take any any superhero, any fantasy movie. If you're gonna tell me that this gl- this coin is what kills the villain, fine. Stick to that though. Don't at the last second make it a brick that kills the villain. So I'm saying that to say, if you guys establish a rule, anything over spending over a hundred dollars, we have to keep in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. And she goes ahead and breaks that, then I have a problem. Yes. Now he's well, doing it. No, and he's all I'm he's saying just is, as fault. That's what I'm saying, and it's worse. Let me say that it's yeah, way worse. It's, she was it's way worse. House. But well, here's Rico's the thing: way worse. I, that was just my point. My point was he jumped all over her for it about spending money, and now look what he's doing. And, and, and fair point. Um, yes. Uh, do you have anything on why Pam, they chose Pamela Anderson on the screen while Rico's heading up the DVD? No, I know they, they just they make it a choice. Boy, you really do pick up on something. You don't pick up Pam Anderson, who we probably haven't seen in God knows how long. No, I don't. Shout out to Pam Anderson. <laughs> Pam, if you're listening, you can email Victor. <laughs> oh, maybe with the the porn, wasn't she like one of the biggest first? Pam Anderson. Like you talk about Jenna Jamison, who I love. No, no, Pam Anderson had that like big sex tape that came out that like no one ever got with. Uh, oh, with Tommy. Name? Yeah. From Tom, what's his Tommy, Tommy Motley? Lee, Tommy or, Lee Jones. Tom, no, he was from no, Tommy. That's, um, Tommy Lee, he was like in Motley Crue Tommy or something, Lee, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just. There's a reason why she was on the screen. Yeah, they had they could chose from any clip ever in the history of time, and they chose to. Yeah, maybe well, definitely you picked up Who on the, the symbolism. Uh, when Rico and Vanessa are at pizza night at Shakey's, Rico's <laughs> really agitated. Um, I didn't. It, it, it's weird how this happened. While I didn't, I agreed with the way Rico was handling it. Let me get there. Uh, he, he's, he's more at fault for throw using her depression against her. Cause what, you know, he's agitated and Venice is like, come on, cheer up and everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, talk to me. And Rico's like, you didn't fucking talk to me for six months while you're going through yeah, your shit. Like, yeah. let me have one night. Yeah. Uh, to use her depression against her is so wrong. It is. It's like, it's sort of the idea of 
if you cheat on your husband, you cheat on your wife, but you agree back to get back together, you don't hold. You can't hold yes, the right. cheating against them. You right. agree and accept and move on or mm-hmm. you break up. Yes. And I feel like I didn't like the way Rico was doing it. But I do agree. Like, why can't Rico have a night where he's clearly not feeling it, agitated, out of work? He's having now, an off night. Totally. It's my, arg- my, my argument, if I know we're not arguing, but totally falls apart because mm-hmm. he's going, he's legit providing for another family at the moment. So yeah, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he deserves an off night too. And in and, and as and I, I, you couldn't have summed it up better, but you know, even she needs to say, okay, well maybe he's just having a bad day. Cause sometimes people just have a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to be all cheery and, yeah. and so forth. He's just having a bad day. Uh, Rico answers the phone when Sophia calls during the service with Dar- Dorothy and obviously before he leaves, um, you could see even on the phone that Rico's trying to like distance, distance yeah. himself. He's like, no, I can't. Yeah. And finally he's like, he gives in. Yeah. Uh, if I could compare that to the way Brenda and Joe, if you remember, cause they're, they're mm-hmm. talking on the phone and Brenda finally like gives in mm-hmm. over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, anything on their storyline? Cause this is going to lead to a rather huge plot point. Um, yeah. No, I think happens. we should wait for the plot. I see Rico trying to end it, but I don't see Rico trying to end it. He's get, yeah. He gets sucked back in and she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Do you click now just to revisit uh, a discussion from the last episode? You still think Rico's gonna would admit it? No. Yeah. He no, no. 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 Yeah. No. What I guess it. what I'm saying is, um, no. I think it's. I think this one's gonna be. This is never coming up. Uh, uh, it's too far in. Yeah. To come up, and the I, only I, way that it will come up is when it actually when he gets busted or there's some type of threat to the yeah. family. That's when it's gonna come up. Let me ask you really quick, and I don't want to get too far into it. If if I'm Vanessa. I'm almost more, I would be, and I don't know what this says about me, I would almost be more hurt that you're buying her a DVD player, food, diapers, than the fellatio. Yeah, no, you're... That's more disrespectful because he is the head of the Rodriguez... He's providing for a new family. I think his name is Rico Rodriguez on the show. Mm -hmm. He's the head of that household and he's spending money on her. And her, her family. The, the, the fellatio is like an act of whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All, equally as disgusting. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. shit, if you're providing for another family. That's and that's hard on money because they have two incomes. Yeah. She works too. So that's her money that he's spending as well. That, that, that's when I was kind of like, wow. I, my, my, my instinct was like, I'm more upset with Rico for purchase, uh, spending a dollar <laughs> on her yeah. than I was about the, the fellatio thing, you know? Uh, if you hear some weird noises in the background, that's our Florida rain. It's starting raining. to pour right now. And and we're sort of outside near my backyard. So if you hear that, my apologies. Uh, to move to Claire, uh, we meet two new of her friends. We meet Anita and Edie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edie or Eddie, did she call her? I thought, I thought her name was uh, Edie. Edie. I'll go with Edie. I like the sound of Edie. Her uh, friend in school was Anita, right? Or is that the one? Yeah, that's okay, Anita. love her. <laughs> what, you know her from somewhere? No, oh. I just love that. Being, I would be her friend. She seems so cool. When when they're when they're in class and uh, Anita is like inviting Claire to open mic and they're talking about things, you could see how uninspired Claire is. With she feels really stagnant of where she is in her art college career. Um, you know, and she invites her to the Edie's open mic night. And here, Edie becomes a rather big character. Do you know the connection with Edie? Or rather, um, what's her name in real life? Is it Mina Savari? 
I, I knew yeah. you were going to ask me this. Yeah, she's in um, American Beauty. Yeah, I didn't pick. She I, was. I didn't pick up on that. Until I watched it last night. Such a. F- did she win an Oscar for that at all? Oh, she, she was, was amazing yeah. in that movie. She made that movie. She was amazing in yeah. it. And, and we are in between season four and five because I always say American Beauty was sort of like the intro into six. Yeah. Under. We're definitely going to do a podcast going into season five of American Beauty. Oh, I'm excited. Just, I love that movie. Um, <laughs> have you ever been to an open mic night? Yes. Like this? It's not my thing. <laughs> yeah. Back in my my early 20s, we used to go to those type of things. And they are just one of them, in my opinion, they're so, I don't, I don't want to go. I hate I wouldn't know. It's just so... I'm not into poetry. I'm not into I'm poetry. Not. I'm not into that type of artsy stuff. I don't even go to... I don't like going to musicals. I thought I was going to be so glitzy and glammy and I went to an opera and I couldn't stay awake. I'm not into Man, it. I don't know if I could do opera. Ugh. There's something intriguing about it for like five minutes. There's nothing intriguing about it. Well, for, I, 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 <laughs> In I mean, my there, opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's talent. It's just... I, and I can't pick up on all those things. Like, I don't understand what, you know, do you, I, when I read poetry, I'm like just reading, I don't, no, I cannot pick up on I'm, it. I'm just, I missed that gene. I, same, I missed it. Know, like yeah. that whole, what is that creative gene when it comes to, I don't understand it. I like the, I thought it was funny, the comment that she made before she started, but that whole, I would think that in New York, those places are everywhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean like that's a thing and isn't that how people are like scouted? And found. I, I mean, sort of, but I mean, what is that called? Perform the performing arts, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's definitely important to have that in our um, society. I just have never picked up on. But what her thing was, I have no fucking idea what she was talking I about. Have no idea. Well, she was doing it. It was like a pre-recording of her mother and talking to her mother, and you know, obviously she's angry at her mother and so forth. But I just, I, I didn't get it. I don't know. D- did you watch Friends? Uh, I was not a big Friends person. There's an episode where Ross is like. He brings out his computer and it just it's he like makes these sounds these songs of all these weird sounds and he thinks he's so cool and it just reminded me of the same thing where she's playing something from the keyboard whatever. Um, the, the thing I took away from this scene in is that Claire you could see when Edie's talking Claire like a fi- like a I feel like a fire got lit in her yes her eyes glow and everything yes and you know what it made me think of um, you know I. I um, you hear like what's an attractive trait in another opposite sex. And it's uh, what like, you know, when a man or woman is really interested in something, while you may not like it, Mm -hmm. but you know, they have a a deep passion for puzzles. (laughs) (laughs) That is so hot to me. What? You got 500 pieces. Mm. Um, (laughs) What? That's a thousand pieces. Uh, Well, I might be staying over. I, I was like, when Claire became really interested, I was like, wow, look at Claire. She became instantly more attracted to me that her character, just the way how interested she was in like, you know, cause you could see something yes. was rising in her. Um, and then here you just see, she just starts taking a picture of everything. It's <laughs> like, she's back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, and I really like that of her. Um, cause even at the end when, when we see that something got mailed to George, a literal piece of shit, <laughs> um, Claire's like, wait, let me get my camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was the best line. Yeah. That I, was the I best line that. of this episode. Um, I think we, we finished up all our storylines so we could get back to our main storyline with Nate. Um, at Dorothy's wake, the casket, 
Oh my gosh, did I this do is now this two again? episodes in a row? Did I do this again? This is two episodes in a row where you said I know every single casket. I do it in The Walking Dead. I do it. I in did this. it the other night with Nightmare on Elm Street. I said, Oh, that's the blah blah blah. Um, Wait, which Nightmare on Elm Street? The first Nightmare on Elm Street when um when they're burying the girl. Yeah. They have a casket. Uh, huh. Yeah. See, I pick up on that stuff. Oh, really? Because you didn't pick it up for your like, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, I just, I really want you to get into your casket knowledge. So let's hear what it was. I didn't look it up because I, I was like, Natalie does this all the time. <laughs> Great. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I always say? <laughs> no, your casket's before the podcast. God. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. But when it comes up the episode, of course, I'll be able to tell you what right. it is. Um, <laughs> do you want to and i'm just gonna throw this out there as well too have we ever seen them go to a church have we ever seen them go to a cemetery no everything um, is literally done in the, that funeral, funeral home, home and it's never packed solid full of people ever there's right. always like 20 people that come to services Even like lisa's funeral wasn't there's um, like 10 the episode we did brotherhood they did a memorial service at yeah. a church um, no, they did it at the they did it at the um, in the chapel. They did it, you know. They did it in the chapel. They also did another service because remember that's where Nate they show up. Because remember they're at the cemetery, mm-hmm. and and it's it's what I perceive. I'll as have to go national. back and look at that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> such a weird but hilarious moment when Dorothy's in the casket and Nate goes over and she gives her. I don't know how I was explaining besides the tongue. And if I did it right now, I'd be so fucking freaked out. I would like you to do no, it. No, thank you. <laughs> I feel like that will probably end our friendship. Please don't do that. Oh, uh, we, you know, we're kind of speaking about it already, but you know, Nate's like pushing her, her husband to like feel grief. And you know, we spoke about it, how off-putting that is a funeral director. Um, when Nate quits the funeral home, his job, his business. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Nate says, every time someone dies, I feel like I go through the whole Lisa thing again. Yeah. Well, and you if know he's what? feeling like that. Yo, he shouldn't get be doing out it. of there. But, you know, but that's awful. a real feeling. That's a real feeling. Because if you remember even at Lisa's funeral, she had friends there. They're like, this is our third friend, our second friend, third friend that we just lost and we just can't do it. Um, Nate, when having that conversation, Nate says, Rico's cut out for this. Arthur's cut out for this. David's cut out for this. Rico's like, uh, Nate's, I'm not cut out for this. Yeah. Do you think you're cut out for it? Do I think I'm cut out to be a funeral director? Yeah. Yes. This is not my first career. I this is what I wanted to be. Well, all you know, my the average life. American changes career seven times. I know, and I've changed That's my a line career. From the episode, by the way. Yeah, I know. That George says. I, I did hear that, and it's actually I thought it was the average American changes careers like four or five times. The casket's now been on the screen now yeah. for about twenty seconds. Oh, I already knew what it was. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one of the brands that we offer, so I don't know what it is. Pretty sure they only got from Batesville in this show. <laughs> Pretty sure they did too. I'm gonna rewind it while we're okay, talking. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Well, this it's a great. cherry veneer with the high gloss polish. I don't see the corners. Oh, what is, is, is that, that one? No. That's not a prominence, no. Okay, I don't, relax. First of all, I know what a prominence <laughs> is. Uh, and velvet interior, and that is gross what she just did. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. You know what? And they have the curtain cap panel, so I'll get back to it. We'll get our uh, Digging Six Feet Under assistance on it. I'll yeah. have the answer tomorrow. Right. When we're not recording. When we're not recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, to, to speak to it, I don't think Nate's cut out for it, obviously, clearly, right? I mean, he kind of got, this is like your typical case of being like backed into the family business, you know? So I kind of agree with him, but man, that was so cold the way he just walked by that kid when he's outside crying. Yeah. He just grabs Maya and gets out of there and you see him look at him, recognize it. You know what it kind of feels like if it's like when you, if... It kind of feels like sometimes, and I, I feel like shit when I do it, but sometimes it's just not possible. You see someone like putting groceries in their car and you just kind of like walk by them 
not like enable, but like you know, an elder person or whatever, or like helping someone walk the sh- past the street. Um, but I, that was Nate sort of. I, I felt like in his head he was he was saying like, no, Maya's not gonna be like that. Like Maya's gonna yeah. properly grieve and all yeah. that shit. That's like, just, if it doesn't matter, man. Being humanistic yeah. and go say, hey, are you good? What do you need? Yeah. Um, Nate goes from here. He goes to the park, and we get the return of Nathaniel, <laughs> which I love. When he's at the park and he's next to that woman, and Nathaniel just goes, then he gives it the eyes, like, huh? Look at this one. <laughs> I think that it would have been so much fun to work for, with Nathaniel. I, yeah, I feel like I think he he'd be the coolest owner ever. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally with you. And he probably was like such a good boss where he'd like buy lunch and, and, and like probably like Ruth was like, you can't do that. You can't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he was probably like, no, those are my employees. They, they help our family. You know, I yeah. Just, yeah, I definitely would have wanted to, wanted to work for Nathaniel. Yeah. Um, you know, when they're walking home, <laughs> Nathaniel says, uh, sometimes he surprises himself with the bullshit he spews. And sometimes you fake it and hope no one notices. Yeah. I could never agree more with that when I'm working. Yeah. Because sometimes I don't know that to the idea of like us being therapists and like, you don't know, which we're not right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you do, you're put in a position where you have to come up with, Mm -hmm. they're in a better place and all that. I never say that. I I know what I'm saying, but sometimes I feel like I'm forced into it. Are you serious? Most of the time I stay quiet. You should always just sit back and listen. Never. I wouldn't. I don't even think I could, I feel like when I'm in that position, I could say anything, you know, I could be like, Halloween 2 is the best Halloween of all the movies. And I'd be like, mm. uh, <laughs> I just feel like it doesn't matter because they're not, it's not about you. I know. It doesn't matter you, what you, you say. You still have to be careful. No, I know. I know I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just saying. Um, so I just feel like I was like, God, that's such a, that's such a great statement where Nathaniel said that. And I was like, damn, just, yeah. Uh, and I feel like it's a lot of life though. You kind of fake it and hope <laughs> no one notices the whole idea of like, yo, you think your life is fucked up? Everyone in the life around you is also fucked up. <laughs> like, you know, like mm-hmm. you, the grass isn't always greener and that whole thing. Um, it's a tough, I'm not in, I'm not taking away from show, but it's a tough industry that we're in. And I know that we chose to be in this industry, but that statement that he made was a pretty powerful statement. I mean, I don't know if you've had any type of like, life-altering events since you've been a life, uh, funeral director. But, I mean, it's just I, – I had one. And just to sit there and be supportive and listen and let people and, – and serve people when your heart is literally breaking. Oh, man. Let it me was tell you, so hard. Let me tell you a story. I was going through a breakup a while ago, um, years ago. And I was, I was uh, uh, in the room – waiting just to see if the family approved of how a young woman looked yeah like young like 20s and there, you know someone like that who dies tragically there's all the pictures in the room and, yeah you know i'm the same age so i look around and it's like that could have been me yeah and i was just so i was going through such a rough breakup i was like my heart was so heavy mm-hmm. and i'm in the room and they're looking at her and they're they were i don't like categorizing families like this but they were like oh we were so lucky to have her we're so lucky to have her as our daughter, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. like where where most most I would say most people they're they're so heartbroken they can't even fathom that their their loved one is dead. They were just so they were like so happy, right? Um, I almost bawled out. Yeah. <laughs> I almost like I was like, oh my god, stop, stop, yeah. stop, because you 
you can't be the one crying. You know, yeah, it's kind of like uh, if you remember the season three finale mm-hmm. and when they're at the wedding and Claire just erupts. <laughs> she starts hysterical crying. That's how I almost was. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you know, and thankfully, like I had the rest of the day off and I didn't have to deal with that. But I, I don't I, I don't ever get emotional because part of our job is, you know, you don't know that person. So you don't get you're not so emotionally tied into, you know, that. Um, but that's the only time I can remember where I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. this, this, this could be, you know. Like, why the fuck are you crying? I know, <laughs> you know? I know. It's tough like, to separate we lost those our daughter, two. Not you. It's so. Uh, it's so tough. It's. It's just a. It, it, that statement really does make. Um, it makes sense to me. Um, there Nathaniel and Nate's storyline sort of closes where, if you realize Nathaniel can't go inside, because George has stamped everything in the house, yeah. and it's not his house it's anymore. Really, that's really sad. It's George. You know what I mean? I yeah. Like, ah man, I just I love, I love the Nate. When, when Nathaniel and Nate talk, but it's like a nice father-son relationship, I love it in the same way I love when Nate and David, there's like brotherly love, you know? It's a good family. Our our episode closes when uh, um, Nate, after talking to Nathaniel, walks in and they see a package on the door. <laughs> and there is a literal piece of shit <laughs> mailed. Um, you remember who it is who sends it? They, ne- they didn't know who it was. No, no, I know. I'm talking about later when we find out. It's Arthur. No. Who is it? I thought I it was Arthur. No. Okay, tell me later. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see it rather. Yeah. Um, I should have. Wait, is it Ruth's ex-boyfriend that was the florist? No. Well, I don't. I don't. I, I remember who it is. I mm-hmm. remember his name. I don't remember all of the, all of the particulars around. I just know. I remember who it is. We we don't know him yet. Okay, I that. thought it was Arthur, and I no. was like, "Wow, man!" All, it, all all signs would point <laughs> to, to Arthur, and I think the next episode does deal with like Arthur. Did you fucking send, yeah? You know yeah. Um, anything else on this episode? Really, Brenda and 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 Joe? I thought we talked about it. Uh, no, we no, we skipped didn't. over that. I will not let you not give Justin his time. You try to play me. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna rewind it right here. So Joe, uh, Brenda is beginning. Uh, gonna become a therapist and the reason why I, I rewinded it because it's so funny you just brought it up uh, we're gonna get about two <laughs> seconds we get a penis shot right. oh <laughs> yes I just made my Tuesday Whew. yo dude is ripped yo dude doesn't anytime have Justin wants him. to walk to my house naked I will gladly answer that door and look at uh, that so Brendan wants to become a therapist which I feel is awful and they're having a 90 day countdown to mm, sex or look rather at those Brenda abs. is I'm sorry you're talking yeah I'm, I'm, I'm doing the rest of this podcast by myself <laughs> Gonna put Natalie on mute. Um, and it's funny after their 90 day countdown whole thing, their next scene is them wildly, you know, making out mm-hmm. on the couch. Uh, sort of irony again. Um, Brenda's the sex addict, and now she's making Joe wait <laughs> for sex. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, credit up until she doesn't for sticking to this. Because I mean, I imagine those two months were a long time for them living that close, probably spending that much time together. Um, the sexual chemistry tension between those two is probably rough. So Brenda, ha- I know why she has this. She even says why she has this rule in place. She wants to get to know someone before mm-hmm. she gets to sleep with them. Um, you know, basically that when they're making out, she sends Joe back to his house and he starts making all these sex noises that she could hear. <laughs> that was they really call. funny. <laughs> <laughs> they call how loud. Cause look how far he had to walk. Yeah, that was That's loud. Really- <laughs> I mean, unless you had your windows open and everything. Uh, but when they call on the phone, Brenda gives up. Why? Is it just, that's it. She couldn't handle like why impose the 90 day thing? Like, you know what I mean? If she was going to give up that easily, just hearing him across the yard, 
did she realize how much she likes him? I don't know. I just was like, why did she give in so fast? That's probably the reason. But um, sometimes, sometimes you can try to stick with certain things yeah, and yeah. then you fall off the wagon. Yeah. I guess like any addiction, right? Sure. I mean, you're just like, no, I'm yeah. never going to try it. Never going to. And then gonna you relapse. And then you, and you yeah. gotta... I guess this is her relapse. And, and what's funny about that is this is a start of, how can I say this? This is the start of Brenda and Joe's relationship. Like now they've kind of entered that next level. It's also the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, if Brenda couldn't stick to her own and, she has a lot, there's a lot going on. You know, Nate's not properly grieving or he is or whatever you want to say about that. She, you know what though? Let me take that back because this is two months past everything that happened with her and Brenda, her and Nate. Um, but I feel like there's that whole underlying of everything going on with Nate and maybe she's not using Joe to get over it, but unchecked, you know, undealt with. I, I, I don't know, but we don't have no idea what went on these past two months between Nate and whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I think her giving giving in so quick, it like really destroys that whole um, moral system. I don't know how to call it her moral system or whatever that she tried to create. Um, She's trying to repair herself. Yeah, I, I feel I feel. Um, I was like, ah. She's trying to repair, repair her self esteem. I I, w- I wish it didn't. She didn't give in so quick because. Me too. I, I just, wish she wouldn't yeah, have. Because Joe Joe is like we said last episode. Joe is everything. Yeah. That Brenda needs. Anything else I left out of the episode? No, no. Good thing I was here tonight. Good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next episode is called Parallel Play. And I have two or three favorite scenes in the series. The next week's ending shot is one of my favorite. And there's a great song by Interpol that plays over it. Uh, any, any closing thoughts or anything before we wrap this up? Did we ever get any questions from anybody about the funeral industry? We did not. And I said, oh, I was going to make some up to pretend like we got people to email in, but that's me trying to be as transparent as possible. Uh, we really do. Cause we do want to try and make this, we want to like impart, you know, I, 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 I'm on Reddit all the time and I, I'll, he is on Reddit all the time. All the time. But, and um, I always, working hours. I always, I kind of got into it. I told you I got into it with someone where someone was like, yeah, I yeah. live in Texas and it's 11. He was like, it's 11,000 minimum to be, to bury someone. I think that he may have been including the funeral services well, and the, gra- and the grave. Trying, that's what I was what's like. What's funny about Reddit and if you're on Reddit, what's funny about Reddit is like, he took it so antagonistic. Yeah. I, I, and I, I commented, he was like, you know, he said 11K minimum burial. And I said, uh, there's no way... 11k minimum burial if we're gonna say if we're gonna say minimum if we have the same definition for minimum there's no way 11,000 no matter where you are United States Mm -hmm. if you're going a step above the least expensive casket the least expensive cemetery then we're not at minimum you know what I mean yeah um so and he got really antagonistic and I was just like hey man I'm just trying to like because what happens is now Joe in Montana goes to read that comment and he's like, Oh my God, 11,000. Yeah. Burial. It's, not, it's not an act. Fuck it's not funeral true. service. Fuck, all, fuck all that. Right. Uh, to the point where I was like, what I'm trying to say is you didn't have a direct burial, direct burial couldn't charge, you know? Um, but I say that to say is I like being able to inform people mm-hmm. about you provide stuff. clarification. Like one of the biggest things and how many times have we said it just on the episodes we did cremation does not equal no viewing, no casket, Correct. no nothing. Correct. You know, cremation is, is just a different form of disposition. You could have Correct. everything you want, stuff like that. Um, I don't like answering the, the, the people who, who want the, the shock value, but shit, sending anything just so we could, you know, sort of create discussion. Um, uh, while I was watching this with my girlfriend, it's so funny. We got a few seconds 
of something embalming prep room related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what funny? We didn't even talk about it this episode. Yeah. You mentioned what stitch was doing. What more could have we talked about? We said like what her body could have been. We yeah. could talk about the prep room and how, you know, what <sighs> happened. And there's David sitting on the table, which is That's so, so gross. gross. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if you're interested about anything, you know, definitely write it in. It was a basket we, weave like stitch to, and it was a deep wound filler wax. I mean, just saying. I don't know. There's just not people much do ask yeah. questions about that. Yeah, I, I'm just surprised that no one has ever written in. But um, mm-hmm. I would like people to write in just to, you know, we could create some conversation. Um, I guess that's it. Jillian, thank you so much for that sweet email. That was very kind of you. Uh, I adore you. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with episode four or three, titled "Parallel Play." Yes. <laughs> I'm looking to you for Q. Uh, I, I told you. Oh, that. and thank uh, thank you, Adam, again for sending that really yes, cool and Adam, picture. Yes, Adam, please send that email, that picture to digging six feet under at gmail.com. I would like to see that picture. Because uh, I did not screenshot. I know uh, the rules of Snapchat. You, you know, the social media rules. <laughs> thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you. podcast listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com join us on the next episode as we review each episode of hbo's original television series six feet under please search and subscribe to us on itunes under digging six feet under the cave within your mountainside is deeper than it will be wide cold.